0: This is my approach, and I think I heard Jake talk about it on one of the other interviews, but if I have a four hour session with a team, I spend the first 30 minutes, if not the first hour, just building a rapport with them, just talking about some of the challenges that they may have. And Another way that you can do it is when you're facilitating a group when you talk about what are your expectations, I kind of do this just, you know, just through talking. Sometimes I'll, I'll capture them. Sometimes I'll just do it through just communicating. Um, but my intention is at the end of that session to make sure I'm addressing those concerns.
1: Peace or, up, A-town. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. hush
2: Welcome to a quality podcast, season three. We are happy to have with us today Nick Usher of Usher and Usher Consulting. Nick is the lead strategist and managing partner at Usher and Usher. And Nick, why don't you say hi to all of our YouTube friends? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, well, good evening, good good morning, rather or good afternoon. Uh, my name is Nick Usher. Uh, just kicked off uh, uh, my own business, Usher and Usher Consulting. Uh, and I'm very happy to be here with John and Jake. Uh, give me an opportunity to uh, kind of clarify some of my thoughts with it also, uh, narrow down my scope and just explore the topic of operational excellence and continuous improvement.
2: Yeah, awesome. We're uh, excited to have you on. I really like your, um, I don't know what the right word is, but like spirit, flavor, whatever online, a very positive person. I noticed that your, um, I guess your mantra is masters of our destiny, effective collaborational uh, collaboration and sustainable execution, which I think is really cool, right? Because the first the first point has to do with ownership, and I just don't think you can have a continuous improvement program if you think you're a victim, right? And you know, I, I'm I'm not. Um, picking on anybody, right? But I've worked with a lot he's, of companies he's, he's and on <laughs> Jake knows who I'm talking about, but uh, I won't name them publicly. No, but I've worked with a lot of companies where the people doing the work, you know, the people that were supposed to be continuously improving. Um, you'd always hear them say things like, well, corporate did this or, well, we have to do this because and so said So or whatever. It's like, well, wait a minute. Are you master of your destiny or are you a victim because if you're a victim this isn't going to work we should just pull the plug right um Mm -hmm. effective collaboration man it's a team game you know i use like sport metaphors a lot on the show but that's because of my background right Mm -hmm. and i've seen how effective like athletics coaches can be um in their leadership and gosh we need a lot more of that like in the business world and then of course sustainable execution like you got to keep the train rolling right so I've noticed like those aspects in your online presence, really appreciate it. And so I was excited to have you on today.
0: I I appreciate you acknowledging that, man, because uh, and you hit him right on right on the head. Right. Um, That Masters of Destiny, to your point, if you don't take ownership, if you don't have ownership, um, it's not going to work. Just like you said. And uh, what we try to do is we try to uh, help create that ownership within the team. Right, And there, there are some basic things you, you, you do. And the biggest thing for me is that awareness, right? Where do I fit in that puzzle, right? And when you are able to um, explain to individuals how they fit in the whole scheme of things, then it's a little, it's easier for them to adopt it as their own, right? Because you're, you're gonna get some input from them. You're gonna let them put their fingerprint on it. Um, uh, and, and again, that's where that master of destinies come from. Uh, when we talk about the effective collaboration, You spoke to it, but during my trainings, I always say there is nothing great in this world uh, that was done by one individual. And sometimes I have someone in the crowd who's a smart aleck and says, "Uh, what about Jesus? And I remind them of the 12 disciples, right? You know, so there was still some effective collaboration there. And again, when, when you take that ownership, when you partner with the right people, and sometimes it takes time to really figure out who those people are. You know that's really how you get to that sustainable execution. And when we look at this whole thing, continuous improvement and operational excellence, based off my experience, um, that that's the there's some that's the missing key. That sustainable execution, right? Um, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, but when you talk about those three facets of the business, uh, working in the business, you know, uh, status quo, working on the business that improve a grower, and that protecting the business. I think that protecting the business is really where that sustainable execution comes in. But unfortunately, for some reason, um, audit slash assessments have become a bad word inside a a business. And, you know, I I challenge people to, you know, you you have to adult up on this, right? You have to be mature. You have to do audits and assessments because things will naturally go back to some type of chaotic state, right, if you don't. So uh, again, definitely that is the mantra. I live by it. Uh, uh, And just working to, um, uh, you know, get it out there.
1: I have to ask a question and I have to put it in the funnest way possible. But (laughs) what do you intend to usher into the community? Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) Come on, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, so 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 my passion lies around um, uh, developing people. Right. Uh, And, and, and it's not, and again, it's not this big noble thing, right? I'm I'm not, I'm not going to act like it's just super noble. It is something that I like to do. And it's kind of like, you know, think about, have you ever given someone a gift and they open it up and they get all excited and that excited feeling that they get, the, the giver of the gifts also gets that, that same excited feeling. I get that when I develop people. And I've also recognized that you can't develop another individual without, Developing yourself at the same time. So, so my passion is around personal development. Uh, it translates into um, uh, really helping others develop. Uh, and and if, if you were to ask me uh, what my mission statement is or vision statement, is it is to um uh, do things that make a difference. Uh well will make a difference doing things that make a difference with people that want to make a difference, right? So, so when we talk about ushering it in. As far as operational excellence and and continuous improvement, um, I'm not looking to try to convince you that this is the way to go. I'm looking for for, uh, teams that understand the value proposition of it, um, have some ideal, uh, and and, uh, are stuck in some type of place, right, where they're wanting to move forward. Uh, If you need to be convinced, uh, you know, you're really looking to talk to someone else, maybe John, he can help you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point, right? Because there's like this, this uh, curve of development for organizations and individuals within the organization. And there's sort of this horizon, like you reach this point of self-awareness and emotional intelligence, right? Where you can see outside of your own ego. And that happens for everybody at different points of their development. And it it never really stops, right? It's sort of, Gets bigger and bigger, right? As you go along, and but there is a break point. There's like a tipping point where you are now open to accepting continuous improvement as your modus operandi, as this is how we do business. And until individuals in charge and the organization as a whole reaches that tipping point, uh, it's kind of spitting in the wind. Like you just you can't get the team to do it, um, and and that's what I found in you know in my personal uh personal journey and this uh red bull hashtag not sponsored was a great uh yeah, so <laughs> i'm going for a downer anybody want some sagamore rye oh he's hey.
0: right into it
1: yeah that's right uh, into it what do you have nick we didn't even go over this before the show hey like half the time we're drinking something i'm a tequila man tequila oh, all right
0: man. Long as it's a tequila, I'm I'm open to try. It. Well, one it of my good out. friends,
1: we were doing a project together, and I was given this little gift.
0: Okay, okay, maker's so card. That's this pretty is good, what right? I'm there. getting into today. All right. Oh, so so that's what you're gonna get in. yeah, oh, I, I know this. Is like uh, this is, might be a dangerous question, but Jake, uh, that's what you're gonna get into for the game. That is a dangerous question. I'll tell you of all the memes and fun stuff I've done in the world.
1: I could not give one single damn about the sports world. Oh, you you know, you follow me. I do know. Yeah, you definitely know. I don't, I don't give a talk. I have to listen to John call me and go, Did you watch Ted Lasso? That last episode was pretty good. And
0: oh, I, I do not care. Hey, don't worry, man. I'm 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 not the biggest. Game fan myself. I'm watching the Super Bowl. I watched the playoffs in the Super Bowl, but if once you start getting into who got drafted and who's doing I you lose me with all that, right? You yeah, know, I just enjoy okay. watching the good game. There's good commercials, right? I watch That's the Super right. Bowl for the commercials. That's right. Whatever draws you in, right? Whatever draws you in. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, hat
2: tip to Sagamore, they're uh, local here in the great state of Maryland. Um, Okay, so yeah, talking about continuous improvement, operational excellence, right, that journey and coaching and helping others, um, it, it seems like there are some sort of underlying principles. One thing we were talking about kind of before the cameras were rolling, um, was about how your approach can't be command and control. It's like oil and water. If, if you're trying to do continuous improvement, but you have a top-down command and control uh, approach, it just doesn't work. You want to expand on that a little bit?
0: Uh, yeah. So, so when, when individuals feel like, you know, something is being pushed on them, um, they, they, we already have a, a natural tendency to reject change, right? And it's crazy because we're in, in the change management field. But we even reject that change, right? All day. That's right. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. It takes time for us to really, um, you know, um, absorb it, digest it, and then figure out, you know, uh, how it's going to work for me. So that with them, what's in it for me? I think that is huge, right? And 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 when we talk about introducing continuous improvement, now and again, this is my approach, and, and I think I, I heard Jake talk about it on one of the other uh, interviews, but. Um, If I have a four hour session with the team, I spend the first 30 minutes, if not the first hour, just building a rapport with them, just talking about some of the challenges that they may have. And another way that you can do it is when you're facilitating a group, when you talk about what are your expectations, I kind of do this just just through talking. Sometimes I'll I'll capture them. Sometimes I'll just do it through just communicating. Um, But my intention is at the end of that session, to make sure I'm addressing those concerns or or their, those expectations, and what I find is when you can point to it at the end and say, "So did we take care of this expectation?" or you speak to it, "Did we take care of this expectation?" Then you start getting some of those people, uh, you know, saying, "Okay, I- I'll give it a shot," right? As opposed to it being forced down their down their throats. And and there's some. There's some rule of thumbs out there, right when we're when we're talking about introducing this. Um, and one of the rule of thumbs that I recall, and I'm not big on remembering who said it in what year and all that stuff, but um, basically when you when you if you got ten people in a room, one person is gonna be an early adopter, right? Uh, eight of them are gonna be on the fence and then you're gonna have that one person who we consider to be cave people. Have you guys heard that term? citizens against yeah. everything, right? No matter <laughs> what you say you're not gonna convince them. So our job is to really, Try to get those people that are on the fence on our side right and when you go in there and you address that that with them what's in it for me and that's what people want want to know and i know you know when, when you're inside meetings with a group of people nobody really wants to ask you those questions but as soon as the meeting's over people are, are coming up to you asking you questions about you know how is this going to impact me what is that all about i really promote um that type of open communication. But I know it takes time, right? Because when you first come, you know, people don't trust you. Uh, you don't trust them yet either, right? <laughs> um, but again, you're, you're trying to build that rapport. But when you take the time to address that um, that with them, um, you, you improve your, your, your ability to gain higher levels of commitment and engagement. Um, and, and John Maxwell speaks to, there are three questions that we ask anytime we meet anybody. And I believe these are, these are true. And, and, you know, after I learned them, I started reflecting on them more and I'm like, yeah, you, you do see this. So the first question is, uh, can I trust this person? All right. Um, the second question is, um, does this person care about me? And then the third question is, what can this person do for me? All right. And you may get a skeptic out there or a naysayer who's saying, you know, everybody wants something. You're damn right. Everybody really does want something. And now your job is to figure out uh, what that is. And sometimes you can't give it to them fully, but you can marry it with an ideal and, and, and get to the understanding that, hey, there are 10 things you want. If I can get you three of them, would you be better off then than you are right now? And once you gain that commitment, then you start getting people to say, okay, I'll try this out. I'll try that out, right? But it's going to still take some a, a level of engagement uh, where it goes back to the responsibility of, of the leaders, right, with inside that organization uh, um, to really keep promoting and motivating around that idea, right? Unfortunately, um, with this continuous improvement, in my experience, the reason why it fails a lot of the time outside of that sustain that that sustainment piece, right? With the audits and, and assessments, is because it's not reinforced at the level that it should be. Um, too many people think it's a one and done, and there are very few things in life that are one and done, right? You you need that you need that follow up, and if if the leadership team does not understand their responsibility in reinforcing that. Um, daily, preferably, right? Um, the motivation of the team to follow that um, begins to diminish because it seems like, uh, you know, we're talking about two sides of her neck, if you will, right? So I, I think there's some follow-up with that that, that needs to take place uh, with, get, with with getting your team involved and engaged. but really, you know, really putting that onus on them. So with us at Usher and Usher, what we do is we, we tell you right on the website. And, I, and if we, when we have the conversation, I explain it to you up front. Our main focus is to mentor, coach, train, and facilitate with your people doing the work. Now we have services where we can come in and we'll do the work, But when you talk about your ability to sustain that you're going to be more challenged because then it turns to, Oh, that, that, that was Nick's project. Right. And I know you guys have, have been through this before, you know, I think the biggest, the, 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 the best thing that we can do for organizations is go in and try to impact that culture. And I think the easiest way to impact that culture is to really hand over the bulk of the activities, the doing, to the people inside that organization, so they understand uh, the different dynamics around that concept, right? Um, you know what success looks like, what failure feels like, um, and, and 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 then they'll be able to really sustain those gains and move forward. So again, when we talk about principles, one of the first principles, uh, if you say if you say continuous improvement, we'll say respect for others, right? And I say. Nonsense. I, th- I think respect for others is just a common courtesy of the uh, of, of mankind, right? You Didn't think we had to write
1: that. that down, right, Nick?
0: Didn't think <laughs> right, we had to right. write that down. Don't exactly. think people respect each other? Like those two right, should right. be pretty understood, that, right? That that should be obvious for anyone. So so and, and when we talk about these principles, right? You wanna you wanna look outside of. It doesn't have to be just what you what you think continuous improvement or operational excellence is, right? So I have a book coming out. It's called The 12 Powerful Principles of Leadership, right? Uh, and the first principle, uh, and th- this is how I wet people's uh, whistle with it, if you will. But the first principle is philosophy, right? What is your philosophy? If you're the pessimistic guy, um, typically, it's, it's probably not going to work for you. If everything's, if everything's a woe is me, right? Uh, that's Jake.
2: Wilson, that's yeah, that's, that's me in a Right. The
0: you, mean, you know you have those guys, but you want to be more on the optimistic, we can do this, right? We can do this. We're, we're going to bump our head a few times, but we, we learn the most from bumping our heads, right? Uh, and if you follow these 12 principles, when you get to that 12th principle, uh, that 12th principle is is power, right? And, and many people, you know, sometimes I get the, whoa, power, you know, isn't that self-serving? It isn't, you know, that's just the way If you think it's that that's just the way you think the power that I'm talking about is power over your dominion right Uh, power over over really understanding how 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 teams teams work right those five stages of teams right when you know that you're more equipped to, to deal with that understanding the power in goal setting right understanding the power in 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 the effective collaboration and the team approach you right so I I think for continuous improvement in my mindset is that you don't just look at continuous improvement to really engage those teams you want to look outside those and offer some basic simple principles that can help guide and, and engage and typically when people can see the light at the end of the tunnel they'll be engaged but if they don't see that light that that engagement, the flip side of that is a frustration because all it seems like is more work for me to do right now.
1: I I relate to that so hard within how the book's structured because I do think at some deep, deep level in our being, we start off with, we have to come from a premise that we live in a world in which we're capable of winning, right? Like that's step one. We have to agree philosophically we're in a world in which we're capable of winning. Step two is like, my decisions impact whether I'm going to win or not. Yes, sir. And as soon as we've come to terms with that, it's step three, I'm electing to win, period, full stop. And like you enter this mode where you are the master of exactly what's going to happen. And all yeah, of the rules, regulations, what you thought were in your way, like kind of kind of fizzle out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we rewind a little bit, you know, talking about that, like kickoff meeting with the first first meeting with the team, um, and the emotional intelligence, like the external awareness of what are these people feeling right now, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and how can I address their felt needs, um, in a way that advances the business objective, right? That's it's a learned skill and it is tied into personal development, right? For, for me as a consultant or as a helper, I can't do that effectively if I lack that vision, right? And I I've seen this, you know, um more than I would like to and I've I've been this person too in the past, right? But you'll watch somebody that is supposed to be a coach, right, leading a continuous improvement project or something like that and you sort of abstract your attention to the whole room and the energy in the room and what's being communicated instead of the specific words that the coach is using. And you'll realize really quickly that, you know, what this person uh, is trying to do is like build themselves up, reinforce their expertise. Um, you know, it's all about them. And, you know, they see success as people talking about them as an expert or awesome or something like that and it's very ineffective it doesn't usually result in transformational change right but for me personally you know i had to grow as a person to be able to see that right uh, mm-hmm. that i was doing that um i don't know if there's a way to to like get people over that other than just going through life you know and, and doing it until you're you sort of uh Develop that self-awareness,
0: right? Um, I think
1: you have to work for the right terrible people, John. Like that—that's just a requirement. <laughs> I, that I is mean, a requirement. Yeah, it, it could be
0: <laughs> <laughs> the right terrible people, huh? <laughs> but so, 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 John, and, and let me see if I'm capturing this correctly. So, when you talk about, um, you know, the individual who's looking for the accolades, are you talking about the trainer slash facilitator? or the individual, the audience, a person in the audience at that time.
2: That's no, I'm cool. talking about the the facilitator, right? Yes. The person okay, who's supposed thought. to be the coach, yeah.
0: That's what I thought. And and, and um, I, I think most of us start off that way. I think most of us start off that way because we are looking for uh, some type of validation on our ability uh, 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 to, to lead a team, right? So when people provide you with those accolades in our minds and our immature minds at that time, it provides, it provides again that, that, that permission, right? To lead uh, with some type of authority. So I, I think um, there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it when you begin, but you don't wanna stay in that mindset. To your point, you wanna build the emotional intelligence. Uh, one of the things that I think I've been blessed with is um, I, I, I truly believe that everyone has a level of genius in them. It just has to be discovered. And 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 typically, I take a group through this uh, logistics exercise. Uh, and at the end, everybody says, oh, well, yeah, I guess I do know a little something about logistics. But pretty much everyone you know, knows something about logistics. But many of them don't even know it right now. And when you take them through the exercise, and we can talk about it offline. I'll talk to you guys later on it. But um, um, really, really, really understanding that one—that every one of us has a level of genius in us—and uh, then two, working with people to help them find that level of genius. I, I think again that's something I've been blessed with because I get an excitement out of that. I, I really do. I, I get an excitement out of really seeing people grow, uh, and I believe in that—that—that that, that butterfly effect, right? Um, in that today I'm going to help Jake. Jake ends up helping John. And next thing you know, John helps me, right? I believe that, so I, I, you know, I, I really have a passion to go in there and help people really de- understand better themselves, right? And I think that, that's what continuous improvement is, is, is really about. It's really about, uh, you know, continuous improvement in itself, you know, it's geared around improving the business, right? But if you say, how do you improve a business? Um, And again, there can be many answers, but one of the, one of the key answers to me is you have to improve the people, right? And once you start improving the people and you get them to buy in on that personal development, and typically that's not, it's not super hard, but it can be difficult because most of us really want to improve. Uh, I thought, I think in in an earlier podcast, I heard you, John, uh, or someone talking about meeting people where they are. And I think that's critically important uh, uh, in change management. Uh, uh, and at the same time, and, and Jake, I believe uh, Jake talked about it, uh, but you also have to pull them to where you are also, cause you have to be careful not to, not to um, be, be pulled down too far. So when we talk about this continuous improvement, there should be an engagement. You want that team to put their fingerprint on it. Um, I think there is going to be a, uh, uh, there's gonna be some prescription too, right? You have to have some type of prescriptive pres- prescription in there because if you don't, uh, people will just become confused. And that- That, that is the thing. That right. is the thing that is not being said enough within this
1: community. Of course, you're bringing in an expert. Of course, you're facilitating change in a direction. Yes, they're gonna have an idea of what directive that goes. There will be a prescription involved. It has (laughs) to be. Let's let everybody come up with whatever they want and we're just gonna go in that direction. No.
0: Let's all
2: join hands around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no,
0: you're gonna gonna have that. You know, when they talk about, when we talk about um, some of the basics of of continuous improvement, when we talk about those three prongs of of, uh, leadership standard work, uh, visual management and accountability, right? um you know I, i'm a big i'm a big believer in uh, uh where the intent is unknown abuse is inevitable right so you talk about a leadership standard work uh visual management and accountability but i can tell you right now if you start off with my opinion if you start off with leadership standard work especially on a manufacturing floor without some type of visual management you will confuse your team you can you can see this all all the time where someone's read a book or something and they say i want my leadership on the floor and if you go and you watch these leaders on the floor you can see that they're they're wandering. Well, I, what, what does Zig Ziglar say? Uh, you can be a uh, wandering generality or a meaningful <laughs> specific, right? And I think I think if you if you don't do it in the right order, you create more more pain than pleasure. If you were right, you hurt your system, right? Uh, so so many people in this operational excellence community um, they know the ingredients. You can look them up right now. You can look them up. Uh, online anytime and you can see the, the hundreds of tools that are in the, the continuous improvement toolbox. Um, but very few really understand that recipe, right? And that recipe I'm saying preheat the oven at 400 degrees Right. I don't know if you've ever tried this, but I remember some in my early baking days, I'm like preheated, man, screw that. I'm putting it in right now. I don't got time to <laughs> wait for this, right? <laughs> it doesn't turn out right. And then right. I'm, I'm, I'm cursing the pans, I'm cursing the ingredients, right? But I just didn't follow the recipe. So the ingredients are all out there. Um, but I think we do, challenge comes around really following that recipe. And, and another rule, right? John, if we talk about, um, uh, this is one of the, the end-all, be-all principles for me, right? It's, it's the law of sowing and reaping, right? Uh, what you sow, you shall reap, right? Or, or what you are looking to reap, you, you've got to sow first if you want to say it in a different way. I think along those lines, too many people who are looking for the services that we offer, who are engaged in this type of, and not really engaged in this community, they may see a little snippet, they forget that it takes time, right? You can show some quick gains. And again, I've been doing this long enough where, um, again, there are games that you can go out there and do and show some quick gains. But the question goes back to, are they sustainable? And, and I would say within the field that we're in, sustainability is really the biggest missing link that I'm seeing. 20 years ago, this is real, 20 years ago, I told my wife, baby, I'm getting my my black belt. This is the the new thing that's going on right now. Uh, You know, very excited about it. It was 20 years later, I'm telling my wife, babe, this is the new thing people are... (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that, you know, organizations haven't tried, Um, uh, but they've tried with ingredients and lack to really understand the recipe that goes into really building uh, uh, a capable culture around continuous improvement. Most of the time I see it, um, we're gonna call John and we're gonna call Jake. You guys are gonna come in, you're gonna do most of the work for us and then you're gonna leave and we're supposed to sustain it, but we have no idea of the why's behind what's going on with it, right? So this is again, where I go back to us as, as practitioners, as consultants, the best thing that we can do is work towards impacting that culture. And we do that through training, coaching, mentoring, and facilitating, and really putting the activities with the coaching, right? And the mentoring, putting the activities in the hands of that organization. And then I'll go right back to the the philosophy piece, Jake, where we have to uh, uh, make that commitment that we can do it. I think when you start transferring it back into the hands of the people in the organizations, you can build that can-do attitude, but don't freak them out with some tools that they don't need. Um, I read someplace that this continuous improvement in operational excellence is, it is extremely, it's, 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 it's extraordinarily difficult, yet at the same time, extremely simple. So our the best thing we can do is simplify.
2: Yeah, so if I could, you know kind of tie it all together tie it back together um the tools and methodology right are always relative to the person using them and the context and culture right and that kind of jives with that like recipe metaphor like do you have the right recipe kind of thing um I'll I'll use a metaphor like you could pick Bill Bill Belichick up out of his chair and stick him over here and like drop me in there. And I've got all the tools. Right. I've got all the video. I've got the playbook. I've got everything. Pretty sure the team's not going to perform the same. Right. Right. Um, That has to do with. The difference between Bill and I, right, skills, knowledge, experience, uh, what have you Uh, at the same. Time, you could take Bill and drop him into like a Pee Wee League team, and he's going to have different outcomes, mm-hmm. right? Because the context and the culture is different. The, the like uh, level of aggression that he displays towards the players has to change. You can't do that. They're middle schoolers. <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> uh, they're not making millions of dollars, you know, all of that. Um, concussion protocol, you know. So all of those things affect. Uh, the outcomes and you know this this uh idea that you know there's like a magic spell or something you know like you wave your magic wand and and all of a sudden you're like best in class. it doesn't work that way right That's you right. have to sew. You know, I
1: hate and, that I'm about to make a sports analogy here for the first time <laughs> in a year's worth of money, But ladies and gentlemen,
2: it. the first sports <laughs> analogy from Jake Harrell
1: the thing Report is it. the the most expensive Top athletics people on earth have coaches and mentors. That's right. The number one people on earth, literally, there's nobody better than them, still have a coach or a mentor. And we are somehow like solipsistic in this middle management. Like, I'm too proud to need a coach or a mentor.
2: Right. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to the psychology thing, you know, and the maturity thing we're talking about. You know i thought it was a great observation that some of the egoistic behavior we see you know is a need for validation right mm-hmm. um some of it it comes from i think a closed worldview where uh the person is approaching everything from a, a mindset of scarcity you know i have to defend my turf i have to defend my slice of the pie you know whereas an open mindset or you know mindset of plenty is not only is there enough pie to grow on, but it's getting bigger every day. Right?
1: We see that in the consulting space. The we see time. that in no the job consulting job space. Where yeah, somebody else is like, well, you offer the same service I do, so we're not going to do work together. Do you think in a thousand years, Nick, if you were going to go into an organization and do some consulting work, I was in that same place, that we would have any impact on who's going to get a job or I'm going to take money out of your pocket <laughs> or you out of mine?
0: no. No, no. We don't even know the same people. Odds are,
1: I would never even talk to those guys.
0: Jake, yeah. we talked about it earlier, effective collaboration, right? So when we talk about effective collaboration, again, and this is where I talk about principle based, right? Principles or laws. Effective collaboration applies no matter where you are. So us being consultants, it still makes sense to collaborate, right? There may come come a time, uh, and, and, and most likely it will, where you have an expertise in something that I don't. But this is still a potential client. I don't want to lose them totally, so it it, it would behoove me to introduce them to you, right? And, and we we keep, we keep that same thing, same thing on your end, right? So I think that effective collaboration goes uh, uh goes just just it, it's it's kind of universal. Uh, to to John's point, um uh, when you talk about the the fixed mindset. And the growth mindset, I, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what you talked about, but that, that's what you were talking about, right? Some people have this fixed mindset. There is only a finite amount of this right now, and I don't want to give up. You know, I don't want to lose out on that. And then you have that growth mindset, like there's enough for everyone, right? And, and we're going to grow on that. And and when we talk about going in as a consultant um, uh, with these teams and and, and, and really having that that, um, that, that ideal that I'm looking for accolades. Again, I, I, I'm still gonna chalk that up. And I, I know we have some more, some people who have been in consulting for a while who still may be seeking those accolades and wanna be the smartest person in the room. Um, but I, I would challenge that on the maturity or, of that, or that emotional growth, the emotional awareness that you talked about, right? Um, and once you understand that it's really not about you, <laughs> it's about them, then you begin to uh, 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 become more aware you know, emotionally around uh, what, what your main job is uh, uh, with the teams that you're engaged with.
1: All right, John, I got permission before the show, so you need to drop a little music for me. Uh-oh. You need to drop a little music for me like you did right before you hit record. What, what is he about to do? Usher, baby. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, okay. Usher, baby. I'm
2: going to add it that for the, the camera, the John. <laughs>
1: Hey. Baby. Hey. <laughs>
2: that was terrible
1: I'm cutting That I'm it was the worst like that's no, a, that's a right. said, out of touch maryland man
0: <laughs> hey what did they say let's probably tell you uh if something's worth doing it's worth doing bad until you can do it right Yo, there you I, go bro, i uh, yeah. was just
1: talking with the ceo of snic solutions over dinner the other day it was after my linkedin live and he was like where would I go like we're just having a conversation about like public speaking getting into that world growing it because you know I'm all over social media right and my number one advice was just go out and do it bad a couple of times (laughs) you'll learn if you watch the first video between the two of us you know it's it's my fat butt sitting on a couch at home in our apartment just recording and talking like this has just been the result of getting out and doing it. It's not like, well, I went and studied at Harvard School of <laughs> Public Speaking and I took my dissertation with Sir Leonard at Oxford. No, just get out and do it. Come on.
2: At the uh, Stanford School of Podcasting, we uh, <laughs> <Yes>. learned a <all laughs> <Yes. laughs>
0: No, you know, you, you say that, and, and really that that's one of the, the, the biggest things I like about your, your show is that this is, what continuous improvement should be about. It should not be, oh, you know, uh, too formal, right? And and to your point, you know, this is from the Harvard business. No, no, it should not be that. It it should be personable. And and I think that's what we we missed. I forgot, uh, um, oh, and I want to jump back real quick, uh, because John started talking about uh, really, um, you know, how do you go in there and effectively engage the the audience, right? Uh, Now, now one of the things, uh, so this is a question I ask all, all the time, you know. I'll say, if you have a full glass of water, can you put more water in that glass? You know, and people think about it a little bit. And the answer is yes. But first, you have to pour some out, all right? Now, when, for me, what I do to engage audiences is when I first meet them, they don't know who the hell I am. So why should I listen to you? So the first thing I do is I listen to them. And when you talked about really, and I'm paraphrasing again, John, but you talked about really being able to satisfy the needs and expectation of the customer. When you give them an opportunity just to freely talk about some of the obstacles, right. And those obstacles can translate into fears or or habits or distractions that are getting in their way. Uh, When you give them an opportunity to let some of that out, um, to me, that's giving them a chance to pour out some of that stale water, if you will, right? And then once they pour some of that out, now they have the capacity to accept some of that, if you will, fresh, cleaner water that, that you're introducing to them. So I think that's a big, that, that's one of the ways that I use to begin that process of engagement. There are too many times I think, and, and I've done this, I'm guilty of this, you know, I've, been, I've gone to companies I have my my agenda laid out and no matter what's going on, I'm going to get through that agenda. And I I think that is so ineffective. I think you really really have to understand what your audience is looking for and the pace of your communications is going to go based off that. Don't get me wrong. I understand that there are time constraints and depending on what we're doing, we'll scope out that part of the project, if you will, are um, uh, relative to those those time constraints. But I, but but too often, there's this, gotta get through it, gotta get through it. I remember in school, I had instructors, gotta get through it. And I remember, and I was the guy, probably, I probably got on people's nerves, but I was the guy to be like, hold on, if I'm not understanding this, why would we, what's the sense of going to the next topic, right? So making sure that people understand what you're talking about. Um, I, I'll refer to a, um, uh, one of, another one of your previous po- podcasts uh, where you guys talked about that you know uh, again paraphrasing don't make it too difficult for them right and when we talk about getting to building these high performance teams i think you have to have some type of uh, 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 strategy deployment and and again you could say that but all it is is what's your vision mission and values why is that important because the vision is you know where are we trying to get to mission is how we're going to get to and the values those should be Those should guide the decision-making, right? As we go through it. Um, You need to have some type of uh, uh, um, um, KPI, some type of measurement, so we can understand where we are, right? And you can add all these fancy jargon words around it, but really just understanding where we are, how we're trending. Um, Then you have to have some type of strategy. And typically, most projects I go through, again, I use the Demaic. Now, there will be some people out here who says, well, Nick, you don't use the Demaic on every project and I'm like I disagree. You don't have to go, you know, you don't have to go crazy using the, you know 300 you tools. You need them.
1: three but templates under each letter to still. That's be right. MA, that's right. right.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. exactly. You make it simple. My my last greenbelt class that I that I trained, um, when they talked about their 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 project. And and again, I used the May. I said, "Guys, I know we went over all these tools. <laughs> don't be nervous. I'm going to tell you 10 of them you can use to bring your project to fruition." Right. Uh, And again, just quickly, I'll say uh, uh, when we talk about the intent of the project charter in the defined phase. Right. Again, do the project charter. Now, we know there are other things that's going to come out of that, but do a project charter in the defined phase. You're going to have what you need. The intent of that is calibration of the team. Right. Uh, in your measure phase, do that side pop. And then you know a PFD is gonna come out of that, but you're gonna really understand inputs, outputs, customer suppliers, right? You're gonna really understand that. When you get to the analyze, your, your uh, Pareto, your your fishbone diagram, um, your check sheet, and, I've, and, and five Ys, right? Again, very simple, don't, don't bog them down. You can jump into C and E matrices and all this stuff, but don't bog them down. When you get to the uh, improve phase, I always say it's really going to be about brainstorming because your improved phase is going to be based off the experience and knowledge of your team. And then when you get to that control phase, three basic elements, some type of standard operating procedure, a visual management, if you can put that up, and typically you can, and then some type of auditing assessment to make it work. That's a whole project right there, right? But too many times we go in and we, we confuse them with these crazy Tools that they're like, oh my god, this is overwhelming. John, can well, we get what's your, a can we get a
1: LinkedIn short that's just damaic in ninety seconds with Nick Usher? <laughs> Demaic, <yeah. laughs> just, we the totally whole, you know, what would but, be a week's worth of training and just like a ninety seconds,
2: man. That's it. But what you're like getting into, Nick, is like the epistemological basis of what we do, right? Um, answer this question, right? Name a tool that we use in continuous improvement that is not essentially oriented towards communication and alignment. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. think about it, like every tool we use, the entire purpose is to facilitate communication and align on what we think we know. Like that's it, right? So if your mind is oriented that way, right? If you are already thinking, hey, I need to communicate crisply and clearly, and we need to be aligned on what are we trying to do? What do we think we know? What direction are we going? well, then you're, you're going to be successful. But if you don't have that mindset, I don't care what tool you use, it's not going to be that effective,
0: right?
1: Right. No mind- the appreciation for what you don't know.
0: Yeah. That's what right. right. I think. Yep. tools, and, and to that point too, so you have to have an appreciation, right? Uh, and and for me, it's, mindset is what it's all about. So I was up in Buffalo, New York and I was challenged by a director of operation. He said, Nick, um, I want you to make my facility world class. Then after understanding <laughs> all
2: it, right, but we gotta we gotta we got a time out right there because this is like an ongoing joke with our channel right jake is it is it not true that every single fucking organization we've worked with we're gonna be the gold standard we're gonna be the best in class no you aren't
1: statistically you're not right? i just want one guy to walk up and go can you make me one percent less shitty like can right, like, we you know, just start with that conversation I, I
2: really just want to be average you know maybe 51st percentile okay you know we can work okay. with that. no
0: it's always like we're going to be the best in the world you know but, well see now what i found interesting about it was the request was not really what they were looking for the request mm-hmm. really said make me look world class
2: <laughs> right <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> right and and you know after I got a hold of that, I started recognizing that okay, this is world class is more than than a look. And, and again, remember when I talked about us simplifying the process, simplifying the ideology around this. Um, I said world class has more 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 to do with how we execute than how we look. And I said in a simple t- to simplify it for you, this is what I would say. you you can move toward that, but we need to have a vision of making sure the people on the floor know 80% of the same information that the leaders know, right? So, and and, and I really believe this. I believe when you're on that journey towards world-class, there's a higher level of transparency. Uh, People are aware of what our goals, our initiatives are for that year, what our objectives are. They understand how they fit into that puzzle. They can make decisions at the lowest level because they understand what our values are. Those values should, should define criteria of decision-making, right? And now you're moving more towards that world-class. Uh, but again, if you're just looking for a visual, just know that won't last for, for any extended period of time because people won't really understand. Uh, again, if you talk about Simon Sinek, the why's behind it, right? And that's where, again, those initial engagements the simplifying the tools, helping people understand what's in it for me, helping them understand that how they can contribute, because there is a level of genius in all of us. It just needs to be pulled out. Um, and, and, and then uh, that effective collaboration, right? Right. And, and and again, I'll go back that master of master of destiny. I applied in different ways because I, I typically tell people, Hey, this is, this is the initiatives of your organization. This is where your organization go is going you have an opportunity to be part of the solution, right? You can help generate ideas. I'm not promising you that all of them will be uh, used, but they will be heard. Or you can sit back with your hand crossed and you know what's gonna happen? Somebody's gonna tell you what to do. It's, a, it's just one or the other. So you can participate or you can just be told what to do. Which one do you want? Typically, people don't wanna be told. Even if it's the right thing, people would prefer not to be told, they, they would rather engage. Uh, and then just lastly on this, uh, when we talk about continuous improvement and jake you talked about it it's really a uh, 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 positive psychology really um but helping them to understand that they they do have the ability to be a productive contributor to this process you know i think that that scares people you know you know when we talk about transparency even coming up on this show and again uh, one of my knacks is, is, is training and facilitating and speaking with people. And, and I feel like I'm, 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 I'm doing pretty well up here, but I was a little nerve wrecked of coming up here, right. Coming on the show until I watched the podcast and I'm like, oh yeah, these are my type of guys right here. This, uh, <laughs> We're going to chop it up and make it look like you said that's, some that's crazy right. stuff. It's going to make right. no sense. <laughs> great. Listen, listen, really before I really, really went and watched the podcast. I was going to have my suit on. And, and then I was like, okay, no, these are my type of guys. Cause this is really what's, what it's about. So if you can help again, I'm, I'm in the audience, right? You're training. If you can help me feel comfortable, right? You start addressing that. What well, does this person care about me? Can I trust right, this person? Right. Right. Yeah. What can this person do for me when you can make me feel comfortable? Now you're building that trust. All right. When you're, When you're reminded, and again, this is what I always do, because I believe life and business are pretty much the same. They're pretty much the same. If you talk about anything about life, it'll apply to a business. And most of business things apply to life. So when I'm in there and I'm engaging, I work on building that trust. Um, As far as caring about you, I talk about things that you can do to improve. We We already came to the conclusion. How do you build an organization? You build an organization by building its people right? So if you work on building the people, right, you're going to build that. uh, uh, This is where I'm caring about you. And what can you do for me? um, By applying this tool, when you talk about, uh, John, the, the communication and galvanizing people around an ideal. um, uh, The same thing applies when we're, we're creating goals for our own life, right? So really, that's how you begin to break those barriers and build that commitment right, and, and, and really begin to galvanize those forces around the 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 initiative uh, that you're trying to realize for that organization or for that individual person, right? that That's the biggest thing right there, and I cannot tell you how many times uh, I've had people come up to me afterwards, uh, I had people come to me afterwards and says, I know you were talking about the company, but I really felt like you were just talking about me and my life, right, uh, and... I am talking about you in your life. Just so happy. believe it or not, you work there at that company in your life. In, now, your, in real your life today. <laughs> in your life, right. That's right. Uh but and, and if you apply these, you know, you guys know the stuff that we apply inside organizations, you can really apply in your life. You apply in your life, and it, it's personal, personal development, continuous improvement. Same, same thing for me, right? And and it's really about, and and, and I don't know if John or Jake said it, but it's really about. Um, it's the engagement of the people. When I I first got into this, there was this phrase that I did not understand and I understand it better, but again, I'm still on a journey. But they said, when you first begin in continuous improvement, and they said lean, like I said, I always say continuous improvement instead of lean now. But when you first begin in continuous improvement, you think that it's all about the tools. Then as you mature, you start to realize that it's not all about the tools, it's about the people. Then as you mature more, you realize that it really is about the tools, right, (laughs) right? (laughs) I was so confused when I heard that. And I do recognize because I can tell you right now, it is about utilization and the discipline to follow through on the tools. But if you cannot engage those people, forget about the
1: tools. I've got to ask before you just absolutely scream at us and we're doing this totally backwards because we're at the very end of the time how did you fall in love with it i found that everybody within this space they started as like i'm going to be an astronaut then a paleontologist and then they're going to play football till they busted their knee and they're like i'm going to do operational excellence
0: <laughs> like that's how they landed there so give us that story so for me i was an engineer at this organization in upstate new york and I was a manufacturing engineer. And the senior engineer came to me and says, Nick, um, I, I like how you're detail-oriented. I want you to be on my team for this. And it was the introduction of Lean into the organization. And when he asked me to be on the team, uh, and I was early 20s and I was I was just so excited, but I actually learned about Lean and I forget the guy's name, but he was from the UK. I just know at the end of every one of his, um, Uh, uh, um, communications, he would say, okay, off to the pub now to have a pint, right, you know, (laughs) I just remember that, but I learned it really from some guy's blog from the UK, and it was fascinating to me, because I already had an engineering background, right, Um, but this gave me a systematic way to really, to just to follow through on whatever it was, Uh, so so my love came from, from being introduced to it by a senior engineer. And I've always been about personal development. And even though when I was first reading it, you know, it seemed all about the organization, but I felt it speaking to me about like, this is, this is basic stuff that you use, that you can use to improve yourself. And uh, my love for personal development, uh, uh, just, uh, I was bit by the, by, by the continuous improvement bug. And then throughout my years, I find out uh, that the same things that we are applying inside organizations, we can apply to our personal lives to, to make them better. So, so again, that that that's how my journey came across, just just being introduced to it. Oh, and then I, I end up going working for an organization. They I just learned all my stuff from a guy who goes to the pub every night from the UK. And they, you know, during the interview, they liked my lean experience. They hired me in. And once they hired me in, they said I'm the lean expert. And then I had, um, uh, you know, your yearly appraisals and I said, well, hold on, if I, this is going to be part of my yearly appraisal, I'd feel more comfortable if I actually went and got certified. So, so I, I went and got certified for it. And then, you know, it's from there, it's just, it's just that constant continuous learning. You know, you're having to adjust. I think John talked about it, um, uh. The, the tool being used is based off the relative understanding and context. The tool is being used for that person who's using it, and 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 I've just you know I love the dynamics of that right. You're always you just always learning.
2: Well, Nick, we appreciate you sharing that with us. It's hard to believe that we are bumping up against the clock already because we're having so much fun. Um, why don't you tell folks how they can get in touch with you?
0: All right, so you can reach me on my website usherandusher.com. That is U-S-H-E-R-A-N-D-U-S-H-E-R.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Facebook at Usher and Usher um, LLC. So that's, again, that's Usher, A-N-D, Usher. Um, uh, And uh, again, if you check out the website, you'll see my my business uh, phone number up there. Uh, You can reach out, leave a comment. I'll reach back out to you. Um, Oh yeah, those, those are my handles right now.
2: And if oh, you are I, from I, Atlanta,
0: one more, one more. I, I am on LinkedIn also under Usher and Usher Consulting. Sorry about that, John.
2: Not at all. If you're from Atlanta or anywhere south of the Mason Dixon line, it is actually Usher and Usher. <laughs> 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 Nick, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. Fantastic conversation for all of our friends out there in YouTube land. Goodbye.
0: Thank you, guys.